episode brought to you by Paleomagnetic Pyroxidine by Switch. Switch is a returning sponsor of the show that you might remember as the inventors of the pan-inverse phase detraction unit. Well, buckle up, because Paleomagnetic Pyroxidine is one product you absolutely can't live without. Switch has taken your feedback and has finally created the answer to polar wing timing units that can't be demagnetized. Now, with Paleomagnetic Pyroxidine, you can simply expose your timing units to four-fifths of a normal cyanobalamin and come out on top. Magnetic North, that is. <laughs> we kid. That's a little cartonine joke for you. Paleomagnetic pyroxidine, or PP for short, can even solve your most stubborn flip-on Signartini issues with surprising flatulence. Ion Zillwoppers are Revo Scion Whippy Fling Bill Mothatized to whop all over your boot skillers. Just slap that PP around a bit, and all demagnetization errors will come full circle. Paleomagnetic pyroxidine by Switch for when you absolutely need to know exactly what's going on. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Uh, I'm sorry, horrible. I'm David Day. Yeah, I'm Bryce Hansen. You guys, we got a great episode for you today. We, I, I, You need to stick around for the end of the show for, for some, some reasons, which I'll divulge right now. Uh, <laughs> ben Warrington is a, a fan from across the pond who has some podcast experience. He's got that super sexy English voice, and he's reading horror movie news for us. And he'll probably be back, uh, barring some tragic accident that I would never wish on anyone. So, with that, you guys should check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, The Gram, Reddit, all of those and more you can find on our website. That's horrormovietalk.com. We post new episodes every single web, web, web's web's day. day. So, so subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us out more than you know. Yeah. I mean, every time we get a new rating, even if you don't leave a review, it jumps us up in the charts. So we are completely off the charts and then we got a review and we're in the... Low 100s. We're back on top, baby! Uh, so, like I said, we've got a great show for you here today. We will be talking about The Turning, uh, which is a, uh, a new take on an old classic, The Turn of the Screw, uh, the 1898 spook tale from, I think, a man named Henry James. Uh, you'll learn yeah. about that uh, coming up. But uh, we'll start off this show by giving a brief review and score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry you had to watch it, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries and should probably win an award, but it won't because it's a horror movie. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in the show, you got to stick around because we'll be doing It Came From Social Media, where we talk about all you lovely people who reached out to us over the week, as well as, like I said, horror movie news with Ben Warrington, who has a super sexy English voice. We should probably get him to do like 
like sexy things with his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, I, I don't know. What can, what can you do that's sexy with your voice? Like talk real breathy. Uh, make little, make little come hither. Uh, sounds like, Oh, I'm touching myself right now. Yeah. We'll make him do that next time. Uh, so as I said, we went and Oil saw- me up, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on going. Uh, as I said, we'll start out by giving. Uh, we, as I said, we went and saw the turning in theaters, and it's got a ton of jump scares, some great acting, but it is hamstrung by a script that never had a clue where it was going, despite having a very clear and high quality roadmap of the story that it was based upon, the turn of the screw. So, with that. Let's listen to the trailer. Have you ever been a nanny? This is my first living job. Well, I hope you know what you're doing. The children are very special, Kate. They're thoroughbreds. Your friends must love it here. I have no friends. You have no friends? Yep. Well, you have one now. (laughs) Maybe. May I ask how the parents died? Well. Miles? Nothing should have to suffer. It's not that simple. I don't go in that part of the house. Why not? Don't want to. Hello? Shouldn't be in here. What happened to your last nanny? Like I'd tell. You need to take charge here, Kate. I know what you're afraid of. Keeping the lights on won't keep you safe. Can you please stop? You're going to leave me, aren't you? I'm not going anywhere. Promise, promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. (gasps) Everyone dies, Miles. Did you see them? I don't want to play anymore. Hey, why are you doing this? Stop now. We're not safe. Stop giving tales. Bad dreams? Creepy children laugh. While I have never read the 1989-1990-1898 novella, The Turn of the Screw, by Henry James, I have a feeling that it would not lend itself to the silver screen without a fair amount of changes to the original story to make it more appealing appealing for audiences today. Um, I don't know. I disagree. This, is, this has been adapted several times. Yes. Yes. It has been adapted several times. And this, that's exactly my point. I'm getting there. Okay. After having read some brief synopses of the novella, some briefs and synopsises of the novella, this movie mimics it almost point for point. It does not 
adapt anything really. It just kind of almost just throws it all out there in the exact same fashion that the book does. And that's not really for a good adaptation. I that does not no, make a, a good. A I, good... I disagree. Oh, so you like this movie? I, I don't like this movie. Oh, okay. But I disagree that it did the book justice. I also have not read it, but Aaron I'm not has... saying it did it justice. I'm saying it. this is a poor adaptation because they didn't change very much. No, I think it's a poor adaptation because they changed some very, very important things. <laughs> yes, they did. They also did that. But I, I think a short story can be made into a good movie very easily. And this is not an example of that. This well, is not. We'll, an we'll get into we'll get into that in uh, spoilers and talk about that the specifics of it because there's there's some very table stakes stuff that they needed to get right for it to pull off the prem the entire premise of the story and right. they completely fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I, I think we're saying the thing the same thing, but in different ways. Um, we have a young teacher, Kate, played my, by Mackenzie Davis, who is hired at a palatial estate to teach and govern a young child named Flora, who's played by the wonderful Brooklyn Prince. She's a very good child actress. Uh, there is one other inhabitant on the grounds when she gets there, Mrs. Gross, who is the cook and kind of live-in maid. After a short time, Flora's teenage brother, Miles, played by the very recognizable and accomplished actor Finn Wolfhard, appears to be, be appears following being expelled from school. He's quickly set up to be the antagonist of the story, seemingly very crude, lewd, and rapey. So I, I can talk about more of this in the spoilers, but I'm going to say this is one of the things that they got wrong. Finn Wolfhard, and I'm... Yeah, they set I, I don't, him up inappropriately. I don't want to shit on a child actor. Is he is he of age yet? Is he uh, eighteen? Anyways, maybe maybe like not. I do not like what he did with the character or what the director did with the character. I don't know. Yeah, who to this blame. is this is the script. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not it's no, not his fault. I don't I don't necessarily think it's the script either. It's specifically the choices made. So here's here's my problem. Um, they try to. The script sounds like it's trying to do one thing, and then the acting and directing is doing something completely different. So what that character is supposed to be is very spoiled and, like, upper crust mm -hmm. detached. Mm -hmm. And so um, it should be just like a spoiled rich boy that um, has power over the the governess or whatever like she's she's beholden to this kid what they actually go is like full-on like sociopath rapist yeah but <laughs> like, that's the script i mean it's not it's not a choice that flynn that finn wolfhard made it was just um you know it was just like that was the direction he was given i, I know i think the i think the direction was wrong i i could see the exact same script the exact same lines played a different way which would have made it more interesting to me. I mean, the editing suggests otherwise because it was because it was very much set up to. I mean, he was the antagonist, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, anyway. That, uh, I don't know who to blame, but I'm just saying they got that character wrong. Yeah, uh, they got a lot of stuff wrong. The story of Kate then unravels itself in shockingly slow, slow motion that is fraught with the most exhausting bevy of jump scares and twisty-turny bullshit that I can recall. The ghost of the previous teacher is hanging around, and the ghost of her killer, Miles' friend, Quint, is also hanging around. I would be lying if I told you I understood what exactly there was to be scared of in this story. I believe The Turn of the Screw was originally a very well-written, spooky ghost story. This movie is not adapted well to the big screen, probably because it didn't expand much uh, on the original novella. The acting was actually pretty good, in my opinion, especially from both child actors, and the setting was pretty effective as well. Uh, the script, in my opinion, was the real issue here, as there is nothing around for it to hang its hat on and make it memorable or interesting. A better version of roughly this same story is found in 2018's The Little Stranger. The Little Stranger understood ambiguity and how to use it. Um, is the main character losing his mind, or is this place haunted? I think ambiguity is what the source material for this movie is about, and it's replaced in the turning by just confusion. Just like, yeah. I'm awake, I'm asleep, I'm dreaming, I'm not. Is it? Is this the end of the movie? No, maybe it is. I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just a big confusing mess, and instead of being ambiguous and making you question the sanity of the person, it's, it's instead, it's just this big cavalcade of, of like spaghetti thrown at a wall and trying to stick. Yeah, I mean it is it's unfortunate because for the most part like it it relies on these I mean it's it's pretty played out to say like to blame jump scares or say like jump scares are played out but I mean it really is just using that effect. Yeah. Way too much in times that it doesn't need to. Yeah. It's um, exhausting and very early on. Like yeah. it it completely blows its load. <laughs> At the very beginning of the movie, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, why would you start out with that? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, I forgot what I was going to say. It's a confusing set of choices, um, for sure. I I mean, they had, it's clear that the bones are there. Right. You know? it's so, just, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it had, for the most part, the the attempts for jump scares or the scare stuff fell flat. I was like, okay, come on, let's get through this. It just, the first half of the movie is very interesting, but I will say there are some moments that were very effective for yeah. me. Yeah. Like oh they, yeah. Same there's, here. There's some really good, like unique, um, setups that I thought were very effective. The, the scene where she, where with the flashlight in the, the creepy part where yeah. the flashlight gets stolen, that was great like, that, that was, was like, upsetting there was a scene where someone is drowning in a pool and that scared me you yeah. know um i i thought a little kid was drowning and uh and that was effective but then it just kept going back to these mechanics over and over again yeah. and doing the same thing and um and while and and the end result was just me being tired with the movie right and just frustrated and like okay can we be it's it's like a roller coaster that does the same trick over and over and over again and by the time you're done you're like can we be done with the loop-de-loops please i just want to get off yeah i think i i agree there the bones are there there are some good moments yeah it's not terrible but they've completely fucked up yeah the what they're trying to do mm -hmm. like 
and you could tell at the end because I was thinking like I know what the turn of the screw is trying to go for. It's yeah. very much about ambiguity and saying, is this happening or not? Yeah. And very early on the movie, it's, I feel like they completely established this is actually happening. Right. These are ghosts. They're attacking this lady. Right. And then at the end, they're like, nope. But are they? Nope. And yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah, I and really do think that the little stranger, while not as exciting, is right. is a better execution of this same premise. Yeah, the little stranger feels like this type of story. Very English. Yeah. Very like kind of weird, spooky, like a um what's it called? Like a Christmas carol. Yeah. You know? Yeah, kind of like a Dickensian right. version of a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the turning of the screw was. It was written around the same time. The turn of the screw. The turn you. of the screw. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work. So, so I, I completely agree with your score, actually. Yeah. I, I came out. And uh, so we'll we'll say four out of ten across the board. 10. Yeah. Yeah. This is I, I, like, I mean, there are elements of this that that are that bring it into above a five. But uh, they're just weighed down so much and mired in so much weird baloney. It's it's tiring. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that is our score. You guys let us know what you think on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Uh, but f- it, w- before we get into spoilers, I have some big, huge, crazy, cool news. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I was made aware by several of our fans, several of our um, very dedicated fans, that... Apple iTunes has now, like, officially within their devices made the change to Apple Podcasts. Um, Well, that's... Yes, I know it's been in the process, but here's the specific discovery that they made that's of note. Uh, It's true. And what comes with an opportunity for you to show us... And what comes with this is an opportunity for you to show us even more love. If you want to give us a new review... Give it a shot. If even if you've already done it, apparently you can review us again through Apple Podcast. Okay. This has been told to me by several people now. Are you talking about Biggin? Um, n- not just him. Uh, there's another another friend of mine who was like, "Hey, I was able to rate you guys, and it seems to count on iTunes and podcasts." So. I don't know if it's uh, if it's officially true, but it sounds true. And if you guys want to give us some love, we always appreciate the reviews on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. So give it a shot on both of those if you have an Apple device. Of course, uh, one of the best ways to support the show, probably the best way, is to become a Patreon on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Horror Movie Talk. And uh, you can... You know, you can check out all of our tiers. We have a whole nother podcast, a whole different podcast that where we leave the mics running after the show and we talk about what's been going on on in our day. You know, there's some hot poop talk. There's all kinds of, you know, good, pithy uh, substantive stuff over there. And we have a healthy backlog every single week since I think June or July. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's the, lots of, uh, good perks. Check out the tiers. 
find something that might be of interest to you. Another thing I don't know if you mentioned, you get early access at, at one of the tiers to the podcast. So if you can't wait till Wednesday, yeah, um, you can and the ability the ability to the one of the one of the higher tiers, you get the ability to vote on what on one movie per month on what we're going to be reviewing. So yeah. you kind of get to steer our boat a little bit another way you can help us out is to go on the website and click through to amazon.com we usually have a link in every post to a movie or dvd that is mentioned or just in the in the uh, heading in the banner there's a button that says buy an amazon anything you buy like it could be kitty litter it could be a new vacuum could be renting a horror movie we'll get a little taste of that yeah, check out our resident artist who I'm redubbing him uh, King Midas because everything this guy touches turns to fucking gold. Dustin Goble. Uh, he is a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commission for artwork from HMT fans. Make sure to check out his Instagram over at D-G-O-E-B-A. E L zero zero that on Instagram, that's D Goble zero zero on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you his, <laughs> I'm going to say like the, one of the benefits of, of having unique artwork, not only is it just, they're fantastic and funny. It's like easy the, to retweet the let. Yeah. Like it really helps the social media. So our last episode on crawl actually got, uh, the post on Twitter got retweeted by, the Rasmussen brothers who actually wrote the movie. Yeah. And um, Tara, I just forgot her name. Tara Westwood. Tara Westwood from The Grudge um, also liked and retweeted our article. I think it has a lot to do with the unique artwork because um, they look awesome. Some of them are really funny. Um, I love the one for Crawl. It has the the gator in, in the background yeah, chompa 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 <laughs> yeah dustin has no problem getting people to retweet his art he has uh uh our producer's namesake our producer brendan uh his namesake brendan Schaub retweeted one of uh one of dustin's uh pieces of art very recently and i think it gave him a big bump so yeah. um no thanks to our our producer brendan who is not related but um yeah so follow him on the ground uh at d g o e b e l 00 yeah. and uh you know if you love his work and you're into supporting the arts commission some artwork from him yeah um, for sure and also we've got shutter use code hmt at checkout to get a 30-day free trial yeah we got that's kind of a service to our listeners the, um let's see here i started watching what did i oh i started watching monster squad last night that's oh yeah right. it is it is it's great yeah it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You got to You got to check it out. Anyway, so get on over uh, to Shutter. Use HMT at checkout and get thirty day free trial. Uh, super fucking seven day free trial. And with that, let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. That was spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Um. So, where the heck is this supposed to be set? It feels like the seventies or eighties, because I mean, uh, it's the nineties. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, because they start the movie with Kurt Cobain dying. Really? Yeah, they start the movie with uh, Kurt Cobain on the TV. But the time I is early 90s. No cell phones. Kurt Cobain just died. Fine. But, so I, but I, I where? Didn't... Where on earth? Because it's just set in a palatial estate. Yeah. A castle, basically. Uh-huh. And um, and then there's a bunch of people without British accents with very American thoughts and actions. But no, but- I feel I feel like, um, you know, that's a really good question, because Finn Wolfhard doesn't have a British accent, does he? None of them do. N- none of the kids do. I don't think even even the maid doesn't really. I mean, she kind of no, has she an does. affect. Yeah, no, she she has an accent. Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, I didn't even think of that. Is this supposed to be America, or is the, are these just coincidentally American people living in Britain who also happen to be like lords? <laughs> I yeah, I assumed that the the state was in England because yeah. that's the only place that a place like that would exist. Yeah, that's like a lord used to live in there, but maybe there were expats. Maybe that's what it was. Um, <laughs> maybe. I mean that that would be the explanation, but she is definitely American. This the, is one the, of those nit, nitpicky things that just niggled at me the whole way through. I, I honestly like, did not notice the time period until she got in the car to take him into town, and I'm like, that car's from like the 70s. Yeah, like I was like, is this not set in modern times? And then I realized, like, oh, they're using a cassette te- cassette tape yeah. deck. Mm-hmm. Which also brings into question, like, if this was in the early '90s, were they still were we still using cassette tapes? I was. Back then? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. I, I guess so. There was yeah, a solid yeah. a solid mm, five to ten year period between like '85 and '95 where they were both uh, very much in use. Yeah, actually, now that I think of it, I used to listen to Adam Sandler albums on cassette yeah. tape. What the hell happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, so and actually, my my car that I still drive <laughs> has a cassette. Has a cassette deck. Deck. Yeah, they had deck. they had cassette they had cassette decks in cars up until like two thousand five. Yeah, it's like what the what? I know it's it's kind of funny because you can still find places that sell cassette tapes. Oh, it, they're coming a, back at a deep deep discount. Like they're <laughs> coming back. Like all the all the big underground metal bands, uh-huh. uh, they now offer vinyl and cassette is this a metal thing yes <laughs> so um oh by the way have you is that a raincoat have yes, you is. have you thrown away the huey lewis and the news tapes yet no what have you listened to them yet no i don't have a cassette <laughs> a cassette deck <laughs> next time we go to a movie in my car bring them because then oh, okay. we can we can play them because i still got a cassette tape i'm worried on. about that why? Because I I would want to get a new cassette player because I could see like a cassette player in a car eating it up. You you people forget <laughs> cassettes are not a perfect media in that they can get fucked up by the thing that plays them. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's not that precious. David. It is to me. <laughs> I don't think you understand. It is to me. Um. So yeah, don't know where this is exactly supposed to be, but. The setup for Kate is she kind of it's revealed early on that she grew up without parents and then she gets a she grew up without a solid family unit I should say she has her mom but 
But uh, but her mom's kind of fucking crazy. She's in a a wacky a loony bin. Yeah, a wacky bin, if you if you will. Um, and they let her just hang out in an empty pool. Apparently, yeah, I, doesn't seem like a very good uh, place to put your mom if they just let her wander around in an empty pool and and do art and there's no one like supervising her. Well, maybe that. I mean, I don't know what loony bins. That is, I think, the PC term for it as well. Yeah. Looney bins. But I don't know what... Crazy lo- house. Yeah. Um, uh, whack job holes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what those are Bonkers like. Bonkers bin. Bonkers bin. Thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, retard facilities. <laughs> retard pens. <laughs> Uh, anyways uh yeah so <laughs> she gets a call kate gets a call to be a governess uh and uh and on her way to the job to this estate she goes to see her mom at the looney bin uh at that place um and so we just get an establish establishment that her mom's nuts yeah um then on the way on her drive in there's a shining shot is there is there, is there ever movie? a horror movie that like do we have to drives, do it every time? Yeah, every time over the top. And I'm not sure whether like whether to be offended that a movie of this caliber is either I can't tell if they're like reaching for that level of greatness like they're they're being like ah I also aspire to be the shining with the turning uh or if it's just a nod if it's just like hey Stanley Kubrick I see you like yeah. you're dead but Yo. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I, I honestly didn't notice it. They She drives up to the house, and this house has big house, big spooky, creepy house syndrome, hardcore. Yeah, it's... I think that's a feature when they, when they sell, <laughs> like, a mansion in England. Comes with spooky house syndrome. Comes with a spooky east wing. Right. Like, yeah. so it comes with a wing of the house that you do not go into because it's... It's only there to be spooky. Yes. Now, this is one of the things that I feel like they failed me on. Because right at the start of the movie, you know, she gets to the house. It's palatial. It's huge. It's It's got a stable and it's got a maze and it's got wings, you know. Yeah. I, my house doesn't have wings. I know. It just has rooms. Yeah. And so... When she gets there, she's being shown around the house by Flora, the little girl. I, I really can't say enough how how much I enjoyed that little girl actress. She was perfect. Yeah, she was really good. Uh, but anyway, so she's being shown around and the little girl's like, oh, that's the East Wing. We don't go there. <laughs> Instantly, my interest was piqued. I was like, the East Wing, huh? I hope, I hope that becomes a thing. And maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But uh, they didn't expand on it at all. It could have been like, it could have been like, ooh, the East Wing, you know, and then we could have had something solid to focus on. Right. So, I mean, they, they do this in like Beauty and the Beast too. Like, don't go in the, don't go in that way. Yeah. That's the blah, blah, blah. So here's the thing. I kind of, I appreciated this movie until I didn't for this purpose was um, they didn't go full spooky house syndrome early on it was like this is just an old estate yeah and it's fancy and and upper crust and that in its own right can be kind of spooky yeah like it's very very formal and off-putting it's like have you ever been in like your grandma's house that you know she puts plastic over the chairs yes all the time Mm -hmm. and like there's a 
baseline uh, nervousness of like I don't I don't want to fuck up anything here. Yeah. And also I don't belong here. Like right. no one belongs here. Like that's a that's a thing with with like mansions yeah. <laughs> that are that are uh, you know filled with antiques and stuff. But then they attack on this creepy east wing which is full on spooky house syndrome like for some reason <laughs> my favorite thing this is the thing that stands out to me there's one shot where she's going up to a door in the east wing and there's a random creepy doll like nailed into the wall next to the door like no it's a complete non sequitur yeah it's like there's just a creepy doll ne- like it's the doorbell yeah to the door did yeah. you notice that um i mean there's plenty of that stuff to notice you know it's like mannequins just fucking <laughs> horrific looking mannequins placed all around and see all that makes sense like even like the the east wing where there's overgrowth coming into it there's like roots and stuff growing into a creepy cellar um kind of storage areas yeah, uh-huh. that all makes sense why was there a doll attached mm. to the wall next to a door it wasn't Look. like on a shelf it was literally just hanging in air first like a, like a doorbell the first rule of the east wing is we don't talk about the east wing bryce <laughs> Were you asking questions about dolls taped to walls? I don't it's think just so. like uh, it's like they had the set decorators like just make it spooky. And like I don't know, but I don't, put, put a doll on the wall. I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't do much with the East Wing. Um, they had so many chances to expand on cool themes like this. Another one was Flora doesn't leave the property. This little girl. Yeah. This little girl is like fanatically devoted to not leaving the house or the property. And like there was a point where I was like, oh, maybe the girl's a ghost. Like maybe she's mm-hmm. not real and she's just part. Of- no, <laughs> I think I think the reasoning is there, but they'd never explicitly say it. And I kind of wish they would because it, it talks about how their both their parents died in a car crash. Right. Right outside the, right. of the gates. Yes. And so that's... It, it explains like you, why, You but, kind of understand, like, that's why she's scared, because she's scared that she's going to die But if you she could leaves. have done a, the others thing with it, you know? Remember the others with yeah. Nicole Kidman? You could have done something like that. I'm just saying there's a lot of of chances like, like the East Wing, like Flora being mm-hmm. d- fanatically devoted to not leaving the property. Right. That they just kind of... They just kind of let it flop around on the floor and stuff. Anyway, then there's so this house is just full. Uh, whether or not it's the East Wing, it is full of spooky ghost shit and mannequins, like sewing machines that start on their own and then never do that again. They, it's just uh, then there's a room filled with mannequins, and one of the mannequins has a bunch of needles stuck in its breasts. And oh, that's shocking and weird, but eh, we don't. Uh, oh, Miles did that. He's well, Miles is just a psychopath. He's got a tacky sense of taste. You know, he's, he likes those needles and titties. Those, those, uh, yeah, sharp titties. Um, yeah, and then there's just a bunch of ghosty shit that happens. Uh, there's she, you know, yeah, I mean, that's what it gets wrong, you know, with a haunted house movie. 
or like a haunting movie, a really important part of it is the buildup. Yeah. So it's questioning, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Or did something just happen or was that explained? Right. I don't think there was any fake outs like ever in the I, there was a couple where it's like, oh, it's it's Finn Wolfhard. Right. Like it's it's the kid. It's Miles. Um, but one of the very first things they do is what's her name? What's the nanny's name? Uh, Kate. Kate closes a window and sees a spooky ghost in the reflection, like behind the window immediately. Yeah. It's like, OK, so it's the that was the ghost of the previous uh, of uh, of the teacher who's right. Who right before so it's not even it's all literal they don't start out with like a creaky door or like an object that moves <laughs> somewhere she i fully expected she moves that creepy ass mannequin from her room into the sewing room like what most horror movies would do is like you just move the mannequin somewhere maybe not back to her room right. but like turn it somewhere around. where she didn't put it right Oh, yeah. The other thing, <laughs> that is another one that's like way too much is that she turns the head of the mannequin and then it shows the shot after she as leaves. She, as she walks out, the the head turns back. It whips back to look at her. And then it's never touched on again. So here's here's one of the main shortcomings mm -hmm. of this movie. Mm -hmm. um, th there's two for me. One was... Um, I forget his name. Finn Wolfhard's character. Mm -hmm. I keep Miles. Yeah. One is the character of Miles. They they go full psychopath on him. Yeah. Like there's no gray area. There's no just like this kid is spoiled and he's an asshole and making her life miserable. Right. Um Yeah, he's intentionally douchey and yeah. mean. That's that's one that they got wrong. The second one is the whole premise of the turn of the screw is that it tells the story in a way that it's very ambiguous whether anything is really happening or if she's getting really affected by um, the seclusion and how the kids are treating her and whether it's basically, are the kids fucking with her yeah. or is this stuff really happening? Right. Because it's, it could go either way. Yeah. And they establish on very early on that, no, this is actually haunting because they make a fundamental mistake. So at the end, they try to do that ambiguous thing, yeah. but they completely... They've undercut themselves they undercut the whole themselves movie. The entire movie. Yeah. And it's very simple. There's a very simple reason why. And I can't believe that it got by at any point. Yeah. It's, it's that if you're going to do an ambiguous movie about... Is it in a person's head versus mm. is this not happening? You can't go outside of their perspective. Right. It has to so, it has to all be their perspective. So there's multiple points where stuff happens that Kate doesn't see it. Yeah. So she leaves the room, the spooky mannequin turns its head. It's yeah, like, confirming that there is actual 100% spooky shit going on yeah. here. Real life spooky shit. Yeah. Kate is not in the room. She didn't get she's, to witness. She's not able to see anything. It's not like it's not established as a dream or anything. It's it shows the girl. I think they even know it. Yeah. It shows Flora 
and there's like ghost hands like feeling up her hair. Yeah. But it's like if there's if she's not there to see it, then it's not in her head. And not only that, later on in the movie, the kid Miles acknowledges that. Oh, yeah, I know the ghosts here. Yeah. You're not going nuts. Like, I know we've been basically trying to gaslight you this whole time, but also it's all true because I'm familiar with the ghosts, too. And we're in danger, real danger, because Quint is here. Like, right. He, he I mean, even even the existence. I mean, even that could be explained away. It could be like she was hallucinating that. OK, here. like that. Yeah. But the stuff that no one is witnessing that it shows on camera. Why would you do that? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a mess. It doesn't know. It doesn't know what it's trying to do. And it, it instead it just throws as much. It's, it, it's like somebody didn't fully understand how to make the ambiguous concept work. So they just tried all the different things at once and went, well, this will fool fool them. And it's like, no, you, you, people are intelligent. Um, so so the, the other third thing okay. uh, that's a little less that I thought fell flat was the character of Kate. She's super, super passive very early on. Like they don't establish her as as an authority figure as well. They don't establish her as authority figure, but they don't establish her as weak either right like because i think she was like a school teacher yeah before and mm -hmm. she came so it's like she's kind of older like she's older 20s she's not like straight out of school it feels like yeah and she had a do job teaching kids like the way they set it up it feels like she should be able to handle a classroom or be able to handle kids yeah and does. discipline and stuff but when it comes to very very blatant like uh disrespect things, by the kids. disrespect she does not she just takes it uh, yeah because it, it, it is a it is a a little bit of i mean i kind of get a little bit of that which is this is a weird scenario like in every way and shape and form which is like she has mrs gross there who's the only other adult and mrs gross is like you don't fucking get it do you like these kids are king like right so yeah and, and it's it would be effective if they if they kind played of, that against each other. If they played other. that against yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. If, like, we have power over you. And they kind of do it a little bit. Yeah. But before those moments that they establish that. Yeah, you're right. Alex, no, Miles, Miles. Miles does some stuff that's just like, what? There's no adult on Earth that would not address that. Yeah. That wouldn't say, like, that's inappropriate. Yeah. This, we don't do that. So, like, he shows up next to her bed. Like, touching her face like, at touching night. her face. As she's and, sleeping. And like, if you were any adult and a preteen to teenager came in your room and touched your face, like you would sit up and you say like, Miles, this is inappropriate. This is my space. You need to respect that. I've almost leveled my three-year-old like four <laughs> times for much less. <laughs> like, like if you wake me up in the middle of the night, it's... To the no, 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 no. Hell, no, no. To the no, no, no. Hell, to the no, no. 
<laughs> yeah, if if you wake me up in the middle of the night, there's a good chance you're going to get clocked just cuz just cuz the way I'm wired, not not necessarily anything like that, but yeah, my 3-year-old has done much less and come very close to a severe whooping. And uh if some fucking teenager did that, buddy, you're getting devastated, son. I'm coming at you out of that bed. Anyway. Yeah, so I mean that that was the the last thing that wasn't established. Like they didn't really figure out like they didn't establish what they wanted to do with these characters. I don't like know what the, what the power, power dynamics were, and it kind of shifts around. I don't know. It's, I'm gonna, it's weird. I I don't know how much of this I need to skip. We've talked about. We've already gone kind of blown past a lot of stuff. Basically, at the start of the movie, there's just three people in the house: Mrs. Gross, the little girl Flora, and Kate, and then. Uh, and it's established that Miles doesn't live here. Well, he's then, at boarding school. Yeah, he's at boarding school. Well, he shows up in the middle of the night in a very creepy way, and he acts very creepy towards Kate. And uh, and then it establishes him as like this, like he got kicked out of boarding school for being extremely violent with another child. So now there's reason to be scared of him. And then he proceeds to act like a rapist uh-huh. throughout the uh-huh. whole movie. That's not an exaggeration he's just constantly like i fucking love your tattoo i want to fuck it with my everything and she's like what he doesn't say those words exactly but i'm paraphrasing yeah um and then he does weird stuff like there's a there's you've seen it in the trailer if you've seen the trailer he stomps on a koi that's being eaten by a crow out outside of their koi pond and he says nothing should suffer like yeah i mean see that's a good example of how you could go two ways because He, that line and that scene makes sense. Like, you would do that if that was your, your koi fish. Yeah. Um, but the way it's played is he's got, like, the full-on Stanley Kubrick eyes. Like, he's he just looks like a psychopath, and it's he's like, as he's saying it, you could just do it as, like, flippantly. Yeah. Because if you're this rich kid... That doesn't care about other people. Yeah. You just say like, oh, well, nothing should suffer. Yeah. Just like he didn't give it a thought. He didn't even think about like, oh, this is a life. Yeah, but they were and already pot thing. committed to him being a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a major problem. Oh, well, you know. Uh, so so he's he's fucking it's clear that he's fucking with her. He's in her dreams. He shows up and then he seems to have some sort of knowledge about her dreams after she has them. She's like, hey, did you uh, did you dream about me last night? She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so there's this very antagonistic setup for my miles is the bad guy. Uh, she's like, hey, I'm going to take you guys into town. Uh, they, they get in the car, they try and head out. The little girl's like, no, don't. He asks her once, Miles says, stop the car. She like lets it roll, not with her foot on the gas or anything. She lets it roll for five more inches. And Miles like, you stop or I'll fucking kill you. And it's like, oh, there's just, it's just all over. It's just too, too far. So then we learn about Quint. He's a ghost because he was, he was like a groundskeeper groundskeeper previous to her, to Kate showing up. He was a bad influence on miles. He He, like took him into town to get drunk kind of stuff. He taught miles how to rape Uh on the, uh, on the old teacher whose ghost is also hanging around. Both of which are tormenting Kate, the poor Kate the whole time. And then, and then we begin this weird and confusing series of is this a dream or is it not a dream 
events. Yeah, it does weird, like, suddenly, (laughs) suddenly, out of nowhere, we're riding a horse. We were in Kate's bedroom, and now we're riding a horse through the maze, uh, chasing Miles around. Where are you, Miles? And then she wakes up, and it's, 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 oh, that was a dream. Yeah, I mean, there's no, it, it uses that trope, but it doesn't really take advantage of dream logic yeah so much no like it's not it it's it all presented as very factual yeah it doesn't feel dreamy yeah the dread it's count like, oh it's now now it's a dream yeah the know? the dread count on these sheets are very high yeah um so I, then there's a hand attack like remember it uh i think it's called it from the adams family the little hand uh-huh. that runs yeah, yeah, around yeah. a bunch of little hands running all over her and she's freaking out no that was a dream and then then there's a false ending that apparently turns out to be a dream. Like she, she gets the kids in the car and they, they're escaping Quint, the ghost of Quint on the property and they drive away and they make it away. But nope, that's a dream. And she wakes up. <laughs> it's almost like they, when they shot the movie, they shot it with two endings. Yeah. And then instead of going like the clue route where some showings get one ending and sh- some showings get the other, they just went, uh, We'll just put it in because yeah. there's no transition. It's basically it ends and then it rewinds to a previous point in the movie. And then, and then they're like, oh, Kate's Kate's lost her mind. She just like her mom. We all know about her mom. And uh, somehow and she's just like her. She's crazy. She needs to go to that retard cage. Yeah. So we've been shitting on it a lot. Let's talk about just briefly what did work. With it, I I really really like the flashlight sequence. She, she she's, I don't appreciate them shining flashlights in my fucking eyes. I can't go one movie this month without getting a flashlight shown in my eyes. So they play a game of hide and seek in the dark, and she's got a flashlight. And when she finds them, she's supposed to shine the light on them. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really effective sequence. Yeah, because she goes into a really creepy area, and then somehow the flashlight is snatched out of her hand, and she's assuming Miles is down there fucking with her and it's it's a really cool yeah. like scene it's got a high tension high tension like you can't see where the light's coming from it's yeah. kind of wandering around it could be it could be miles it could be a ghost that was really effective to me yeah some of the jump scares in this really made me jump uh really worked on me a lot and had my heart rate way up they they were pocketed in such a way that I did not expect them. A lot of them were very expected. Some of the stuff with the ghosts was pretty effective with Quint's ghosts, like the attempted rape by the ghost was a pretty effective scene. I thought Um, the stuff underwater worked really well. So there's a couple underwater scenes where she stumbles across some, I mean, it's super, super expected jump scare, but like it's, it's bones of a movie that could have been better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I think the little girl and I like the acting from the child actors. I like the acting from Kate. Uh, she was a, a very uh, she's a very sexy young lady, uh-huh. and she would she knew how to act. Um, she actually looks a lot like I. I was like, is she? Um, what's her name? Her eyes, like from her nose up, she looks a lot like Katy Perry or. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that one actress? She was in Elf. Um, she was in New Girl. What's what's that actress actress's name? I don't know. Uh, who's the New Girl actress? 
Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah. So, oops. Kind of reminiscent of Zoe Deschanel. Uh, I apologize. Turn off Slack, David. Uh, You're not working. Okay. Um, so, the the other part that I think like there was times where it worked, but they could have leaned into it a lot more because it would have helped the story was the power imbalance. These kids are orphans. Yeah. But it's never actually explained who has, like, who they're, who's making these decisions for them. What do you mean? Who's making what decisions? Like, who hired, well, I guess, what's her name? Hired Kate. But, like, who's the parent for these kids? Like, who's the, the guardian? It's supposed to be Kate. Yes. It, yeah, and that is unclear uh, f- at the start because it's like it's assumed. But she's the, the gar- She's the-, the governess, or like the governess is basically like kind of a nanny slash teacher, and she's only hired for Flora. Who is the guardian for Miles? Uh Anyways, that's not here nor there. So what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make is the power imbalance between the hired help and the kids, sometimes it works pretty well. Like when she tells Miles to like, take your plate to the, to the kitchen, you know, Mrs. And he's like, nah, bitch, you ain't my mama. She's like, he's like, that's her job. Literally she's paid to do that. Yeah. And it's an interesting point because Mrs. Gross, what was her name? Gross. Yeah. Miss Gross, like tells her, and it's an interesting dynamic is that, these kids are born into privilege. This yeah. is their life. Yeah. Like you, it's not like rude They're or thoroughbreds. It's not rude or impolite for can them. You think to, of, can you think of a, a weirder thing to say about a person? He's yeah. a thoroughbred. It's yeah. Like, oh, you mean he's severely inbred? <laughs> <laughs> no, thoroughbreds aren't inbred. Hell yeah, they are. That's how you get, that's how you quick breed for specific traits is inbreeding. Well, well, no, that's thoroughbred like is for like racehorses, right? Like you would you wouldn't want to fuck up a racehorse. Like you would take account of what their heritage is. Yeah, but to get there, you're selecting traits and then and then re remating Mm, well some if you're a horse expert let us know richard dawkins how how i know you're listening i know you're listening we've had several conversations so you just set us straight on this is bryce right or am i right yeah so let us know if thoroughbred horses or thoroughbred racing horses or dogs are are inbred yeah thoroughbred dogs is another thing no it is not it's the same process to get there well thoroughbred dogs are for appearances and thoroughbred horses are for performance no no, there's all kinds of hounds that are very specifically bred for not just appearances, but for specific tasks. Dachshunds are made to are are bred to be able to fit into badger holes. Right. All right. Well, someone set us straight. Someone that's a horse expert. Yes. One of our dog female, One of our female listeners. I'm sure. There's <laughs> there's got to be a horse girl that that listens to us. Um. So, anyways, that power dynamic. There could be a lot of stuff done with that, and they just kind of do a couple scenes with it. Yeah, it's silly. My final recommendations uh, for this movie or who might like this is kids and teens might be in over their heads in terms of scares uh, with this movie, with the turning. But I think the PG-13 rating makes it for them more than anyone else. Uh, if you have a well-refined bullshit-o-meter, I just would stay away from this. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't run to the theater, but it actually would be a decent date movie. Yeah. There's a lot of people on dates in the showing that I went to. Make out time. Like younger younger people. I think there's enough to talk about. Yeah. If not, just to pick it apart. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it might pique someone's interest in the actual good story upon which it is based, um, in which case that would be a win for literature and society overall. Okay, so... So with that, let's get into It Came From... Actually, let's get into Horror, horror movie, movie News. This just And I would like to introduce you all to our new newsman, super sexy British voice, Ben Warrington. <laughs> Welcome, Ben. Yay! Hi, guys. Thank you so much for Hi, the ben. lovely intro. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe your your uh, your horror experience. Yeah, um, my horror experiences started as a as a child. I decided to stay awake after my bedtime and the exorcist was gone um my parents went to bed and that was that was history i was i was completely hooked from the first time i ever saw a horror movie so um i've been involved in uh, this sort of podcasting industry as well for the last year or so um i had my own podcast that i struggled to uh, I had massive technical difficulties, so I sort of moved on. And now I'm, I'm joining up with you guys so that I can still get that juicy, that juicy gossip every week. That juicy, sexy <laughs> podcast gossip going on. What were your <laughs> What were your technical difficulties? It was mainly sound. Um, <laughs> I remember I was me and my friend were both crammed around the tiniest coffee table with a laptop that hung over the edges. And we had to sort of, <laughs> we had to rotate the, the table 360 degrees every time we wanted to speak. So oh. it, was, it didn't go very well, yeah. <laughs> but we got there. Well, you yeah. sound great right now. Are you speaking into a, like a headset? No, I'm just uh, on some uh, earphones. So it's, oh, good. if, if yeah. it sounds good now, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's no, great. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, from from your, but I think I think those are those are qualified beginnings. Starting off as a little <laughs> kid watching the yeah, Exorcist. Did I, did I, uh, my uh, my CV seems to be pretty stacked with uh -huh. <laughs> with horror. Well, right. nice. So let's hear what you got for us for horror movie news. Oh, yes. So let's get underway with a nice little birthday congratulations to uh, Matthew Lillard from, from Scream, if you remember. Oh, um, yeah. I saw it on my Twitter feed, and I was uh, it just took me away because I, I watched the film last week as well. And then when he goes, it really hurts, man, <laughs> at the end when he's been... <laughs> and I'm thinking, do you know what? Someone needs to get that guy a beer. <laughs> he was also in Eight-Legged Freaks, wasn't he? Was he in that or was that someone else? I, um, um, you're thinking of, would, no, 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 yeah. no, that's, uh, David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. That's right. Okay. Mm. Never Who's now a professional wrestler. Of course he is. Yeah. Is he? Wow. Okay. So massive congratulations to him. Um, news from a guy called Tom Six that you may have heard of as he's created a, a very nice movie franchise called the human centipede. Oh, um, I'm only familiar <laughs> with Tom one through five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he was the, he was the unlucky six child and uh, <laughs> he has a new film coming out um, this year called the Anania club. Uh, that's a trailer for you guys to definitely go and check out. Um, we'll put it, we'll include it in the post. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a few that I've got to recommend. This one, um, if you are... I would watch it in solitary and I would make sure that you're close to running water as well because you're going to need to shower after watching this trailer. Oh really? It's, can you give us can you give us a taste of of why? Like what's so what's so disturbing about it? Um the premise of the movie is a a bunch of women who are who get sexually aroused by misfortune and death and destruction mm-hmm. and the the opening scene of the trailer is a group of, of middle-aged women sort of your um sort of sex in the city ladies you know the, the very yeah the the ladies who who want everything and, and they're, they're all sat in this front room masturbating to footage of 9-11 Jesus. <laughs> Well, I, that's the sort of te- that's the taste ben, of what we've got. Well, ben, I've right. got I've got questions already. First of all, like what's shocking? What's uh, <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a Monday to me. <laughs> I was gonna say I've just uh, pitched that to my girlfriend now, and she's not up for it. But yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, that's not not into not... watching the movie or masturbating to nine eleven. I'm not clear. Oh, uh, well, I'd rather not, I'd rather not. Say okay, that. all right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, something to keep between you and your internet service provider. Isn't it? Uh, so that that's coming out. It's meant to be this year, but he's having troubles distributing. Shock. Um, so, but the, the, the guys made so much money for IFC Midnight because of the first three Human Centipedes. I can't see it not getting the go-ahead for this year. It has finished post-production. Everything's complete. He's literally just waiting for the green light now. Uh, to distribute, and I don't know if it's going to do a, a a a festival run this year or something. But look out for it, guys. And it's, what's it's the name of it? The Onania Club. So that's O N A N I A. Onania Club. Onania. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I think I think that is the Latin word for masturbation as well. Which yeah, is I was going to say. But anyway, onanism is. Uh, oh. Uh, of course. The ah, there we go. He's a very clever man, Tom Six. I don't know if you've seen his Twitter. It's, uh, it's him smoking cigar. I look very sophisticated all the time. Um, <laughs> well, he makes movies about, you know, stitching people's asses to faces. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The guy has a sophisticated sense of humor. <laughs> uh-huh. He's subtle. <laughs> it's subtle. Um, cool. So next on my list, we have The Organ Donor, um, which I have been trying to follow ever since I heard about it. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but the new Saw movie coming this year. Have you guys heard about it? Yeah, the uh, I think Chris Rock is doing it. Is that right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so Chris Rock's writing it with uh, Samuel L. Jackson as a what? character as well. He plays <laughs> um, Chris Rock's dad, who is a detective. Um, having read all the things I can get my hands on, it seems that this new this is going to be a reboot um, oh, with so an alternative. It, is it like sorry, a black? Is it like a black remake of it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those spoof movies. No, it's um, he. He's completely. He loved. He, well, apparently Chris Rock loved the premise. Uh, had some ideas of his own. Went to Lionsgate and spoke to those guys and said, "Look, I've got this." Um, they absolutely loved it. Um, he has said that this isn't going to. There is going to be a little bit of humour in there as well. He said that the other Saw movies lacked that uh, breaking of the fourth wall that he thought that it needed to make it an effective horror movie. So oh, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, the funny thing as well is they've got a release date of the end of May, and that's because they don't want to go against Halloween Kills in you know, October. Oh um, yeah. To, so sense. they're going to bring it out earlier. Um, so look forward to that. There should be some trailers dropping soon, and I'm sure we can put them on the website as soon as 
uh, we get wind of it. But yeah, it's it's going to be uh, that's going to be what I'm excited. That's about. probably yeah. a good call. You know, I th- at first when you said they were they didn't want to release against Halloween, I thought, well, that's kind of no balls. But then then I I kind of thought, well. Saw it's, while the Saw is like a, a you know a pretty a staple horror franchise at this point, I I really don't think it had, stands a chance against against you know bringing back a a big classic, especially after the success of that first uh, the first Halloween twenty eighteen or whatever it was. Yeah, it it tore it up going going against. I mean, there's one the following year as well. I can't remember the last one of the trilogy that they're bringing out, but. Any horror film going against that is is asking to to flop. So yeah. I think it's a clever idea from from Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures, but we we, we got to wait and see, haven't we? <laughs> yes, exactly. So next on the agenda uh, it is TV. So I am going off topic a tiny bit, but as soon as I saw it, I thought I have to tell these guys. About Sorry, it. I I, um, I was just checking something before we go on to the next thing. Like I just because mm. Chris Rock did. Um, he produced death at a funeral is was that right. the remake was there like a british version of that there was there was a british uh version that came out i think it was in the the, the 80s or 90s and it was it was very british humor as well yeah um because they're and yeah both movies are great i think i've seen both of them but like i'm, I'm wondering if he's gonna do kind of that same treatment for that he did for death at a funeral where it's like a, a reboot with a mostly African American cast, and uh, mm. yeah, I mean it, it worked out really well. See, so, so that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's the, the, a, the original UK one. Sorry, carry on. There's a big market for it, you know, especially in the US. Like every once in a while, a, you know, Kevin Hart will come out with something, and it does like surprisingly well. It's like there's such a demand for it that people will go see Tyler perry movies yeah so i'm glad that i'm glad that uh chris rock is at the helm yeah and now with jordan jordan peele really really blew the doors open for yeah. that kind of thing just like oh definitely yeah all right sorry next next topic no no it's fine no i found out that the, the, the actual original british version came out in 2007 so i'm completely off to there but uh, <laughs> um and quite funnily I've got a thing that i wanted to talk to you guys about about british and uh, u.s remakes because over here in the uk we think you guys suck when it comes to remaking British stuff. Of course. And um, have you se- have you seen yeah. The Office? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's one. <laughs> uh, but also, have you seen The Wicker Man? Uh, are you talking about <laughs> Nicolas Cage? Um, who who we we're going to be reviewing another horror movie starring Nicolas Cage coming up next week or the week after I'm not sure when it will mm. will release the color out of space but uh but yeah the uh the bees they're stinging my what does he say my eyes they're in my eyes not the bees yeah 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 I mean so, I'll I will stand behind the American office like it's a it became its own thing, and that is a yeah. It's, a it fantastic so true. Show. it's so definitely true. not. It's definitely strays far from the source material and Gervais. Uh, I mean, kills as as yeah. the original office manager. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? See, you guys have gotten back at us for taking all of the acting roles that were meant for Americans. So you've got fucking Spider Man. It's British now. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, you had Captain Britain. What else? What more do you want? You got Benedict <laughs> Cucumber Patch, like, playing every American. 
And like some of these guys don't even have a good American accent. I'm like, come on. Like that Matthew is, McConaughey isn't available. Uh, the only guy I'll give like carte blanche to is Ricky Gervais. He can, in my eyes, he can do no wrong. After Death was one of the best, the best shows I've seen in a decade. <laughs> that was After a good life. show. After yeah. Life, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So carrying on, uh, CBS are bringing out a spin-off of um, Clary Starling's origin story from Hannibal. Uh, oh. That got released this week. So Did that get released on CBS's streaming deal, or is that on CBS? Uh, uh, that's just that's just releasing on on CBS as a live as not a live show, but as a as a TV show. Uh, yes, I believe so. I would I would hate to to say anything that is untrue at this point um, sure. about it, but it it seems to be that they that CBS have got a a, a thing in uh, in. In the future, ready for this for this uh, for this origin story, but I'm I'm confused because do you think she needs an origin story? Considering the, I, I just don't know what I think about this. It. Is I, this is Clarice? Yeah, Clary, I mean Clarice Starling. Yeah, hello, Clarice. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it could be interesting. Well, I mean, I guess Silence of the Lambs was kind of. I mean, that it was, was kind of her first case, wasn't it? Didn't she come right out of the academy? Did that how, was that how it started? Well, yeah, or am I wrong? Yes, mm-hmm. th- yeah. I think it was one of her. I mean, she was definitely fresh, but also, I mean, the title of the movie is "Silence of the Lambs," you know, which refers to her childhood, right? Yeah. So maybe it's just a bunch of spooky stuff happens in her childhood. It's just a bunch of lambs, <laughs> or or it could be just a really normal life and sheep she, farm. Yeah, you know. Just, she was really good in school, and there's gonna, they're going to make a show about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to look forward to that. I'll, as soon as I have more news on that, I'm sure I'll uh, update you guys on it straight away. Yeah. Um, next, we have Don't Breathe 2, um, which will begin filming in April with the writer of the first movie taking the helm as director of the second. Uh, so Hide Turkey Based is there. <laughs> Did, uh, did Bryce? Did you see Don't Breathe? I haven't seen Don't Breathe yet. I, I've, I've heard a lot of like mixed reactions to it. Yeah, it's kind of a. Uh, in my opinion, it's kind of a meh. Have you seen it, Ben? I have indeed. Yes. And what um, did you think? I liked it because it was part of a sort of series of movies that that cried on the senses. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. And I like that concept. I love it. Yeah. And it, it was in that, in terms of that, it was, I think maybe the first that, uh, that was dealing with, you know, or, or at least the first released, uh, it may yeah. not have been the first announced or worked on, but I think it was the first release that was like heavy on the be Sensory. quiet or don't be seen yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, because you've got the a quiet place, you've got um hush, you've got obviously this one as well, where it's it's, it's a bird box as well with, with sight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so you've got this collection of movies there that all are in this blanket term. And this will be after a quiet place part two that comes out at the end of this month in the UK will be another sequel in those group of movies so it would be interesting to see where the genre goes with it because there's only so many so much of that they can do and half of me thinks you know it's it's a way to to get the books in but half of me is is interested to see what we're going to get there so yeah i'm 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 down i'm excited i don't know about you two yeah i'd be excited to see where it goes it it uh yeah it has potential 
Can't wait till they come out Ooh. with a don't taste movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. only you can only yeah. eat bland food, or that, else the monster will get you. Well, that was I mean that was the, some of the original saws. I think uh, right. had some of that right, right. That going on. Yes. It it's fear. also Tom Six's next movie after the Anonia Club as well. It's, uh, oh, dang. <laughs> um, so next we have ten thirty one. Uh, which is executively produced by Eli Roth. Um, oh. He said he said that it's a slasher movie that's going to compete with Halloween. So, oh wow, he's, he's, he's coming. His arms are swinging straight away. He's, he's going full Conor McGregor on this one. Um, there is a director at the helm for this one as well. Her name is Gigi Guerrero. Uh, she directed. Um, a film called Culture Shock, and then she also did the second season of the Purge TV show uh, on Amazon Prime. So um, she's got a pretty good CV, uh, I'd say. Oh, resume, sorry, resume. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought was... you said TV. C- <laughs> CV. Um, I uh, the other day I was just watching Inglorious Bastards, and I had forgotten that Eli Roth was. Was in that? He oh, was, the bear Jew. Yeah, I the think he was the Jew. bear Jew. Yeah. Do you know who originally was cast to be the bear Jew? No, who? Adam Sandler. No way. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That would have been great too. I know. It would have been awesome. <sighs> what would be hilarious is uh, as he goes to hit him on the head with the baseball bat, he just goes, "Just tap it in. Just tap, <laughs> give it a little tap, tap, tap. <laughs> give it a little tap, tap, tap." As his head just completely. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, again, pretty. Uh, there's not a lot to go on at the minute. We're just, you know, sort of uh, pissing in the wind at the minute, trying to find out what's going on. But there has been some names. There has been some some dropping of Eli Roth. So we'll see where that goes. Um, any of you two fans of Slipknot? Yes, big fan. I was just listening. Ooh. I was just listening last night. They is have this a uh, metal thing. Yes, <laughs> I was just listening last night. They had a new. Uh, I think it's a new single. I sent it to my brother, and he said, "Are you reading my mind?" I was listening to this song at the exact same time. I'll try and find it while you're doing your uh, while you're doing your story on Slipknot. Mm, they well, currently they're touring in the UK, and uh, a few of my friends went to go see them. One of them got a broken nose in the in the process, which was nice. Um, but him, uh, do you know Corey Taylor, the the lead singer, and yes. Tom Zavine, who designs the masks for them. Yeah, they've both gotten together, and they have written a screenplay for a horror movie, and they're looking for production this year. Oh damn! So that's going to be interesting. Um, if I if I had money that I could go and splash on a on a movie that was written by people, then I would definitely be splashing money on this. Yeah, no I kidding. Mean, what goes on in that brain of those two people as well? It's yeah. I was thinking about them yesterday. I was as I was listening to it. It wasn't a new song. My apologies. I found it. It's just uh, on a single called "All Out of Life." All out mm. life, I should say. And um, yeah, I was thinking about them. What a like they've been around for tw- twenty five years, pretty much unchanged. I mean, Joey Jordanson, the drummer, had to uh, had to resign due to I think a neurological disorder. He was one of the best the best metal drummers out there, but uh, otherwise, like their lineup hasn't changed very much. They've and they have like nine members, so it's a testament to like their staying power. Well, I mean, around. 
How would you know, though? Because they wear the masks. Right. It's they, a good point. They could be completely switched out. They could it's just, just say it's this. Oh, it's totally the same guy. Yeah. Well, the, mm-hmm. the Joey Jordanson, the drummer, and Corey Taylor, I'm sure, are the same people just because their talent is uh, is very obvious. But everybody else, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's something that we're going to look, look forward to this year. Um, and also, the last thing I have on my news list is uh, for – Something for Andy Muschietti, uh, the director of, of of It's Chapter One and Two. Uh, what do you guys think of It's Chapter One and Two? Just because I want to see the contrast of what we thought over here and what you guys think. Um, I mean, it was it was good. The first one was better than the second one. Um, yeah. wasn't like fantastic. I mean, as far as like a big budget horror movie, I think It Chapter One is like a great example yeah, of knocks what can, it out of what can be done. Yeah. Um, it mm. chapter two got a little too into the, you know, we got to stack all the stories together. Yeah. It was kind of like too many vignettes and not a lot of tying it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the wheels sort of fell off towards the end of, I thought, but it was, but it was a it's solid, it's, it's solidly made. And, yeah. and this guy, Andy Muschietti is, has been called upon to remake the howling. Um, huh. Which is coming to Netflix, Man. so that's going to be that's. I don't know what you feel about that. Have you seen The Howling? Yeah, I just I actually just rewatched it about a month ago. Uh, I I paid money to rewatch it, uh, and I was not I was not uh, let down. This is not a movie that needs to be remade. I I mean, just the the puppetry. Is you're not going to outdo it. You're just going to replace it with a bunch of CGI. And and if 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 they do puppetry, great. But if they don't, man, they got a hill to climb. That is that that's one mm. of the best, like one of the best examples of like solid, uh, you know, practical uh, effects. Practical effects, and not only that, but like b- turning one of the universal monsters into something that's actually horrifying right um yeah definitely so, so i i don't know that's a that's a i don't know why that's a big challenge to to make that better remember when universal was trying to make the universal <laughs> monsters movie universe yeah with the, with the, the tom cruise mummy uh-huh. yeah oh my god mission impossible mummy yeah exactly oh, well. that oh I mean, that's, that's, I hate to see where they're going to go with the rest of that universal, but I think, they're God, done with it. Yeah. I think that that cinematic universe is aborted. Stake through the heart on that one. <laughs> yeah, I just hope someone got a really a good telling off in an office somewhere where, you know, the, the, the interns come in and say, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's remake the mummy. And then they've dragged him back in after the sales figures have come in and they've gone, you're going to have to pack your desk, mate, because this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so Apparently, I'm... no one's been clamoring for a mummy movie. Yeah. Like, this is a out. shock to all of us. <laughs> I can just watch a Brendan Fraser mummy over and over again. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Whatever happened to Brendan Fraser as well? I mean, I, um, that is. There was a big groundswell a couple of years ago to get him back on top, but that kind of. Well, I think the answer is he got fat and bald. So. Hollywood seems to I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if Hollywood might be a superficial industry. <laughs> Cuz it seems like there's not a lot of older women or like unattractive people. Yeah. Think about the it's least a, yeah. attractive person that's a regular Hollywood actor. Steve Buscemi. And he's still pretty good looking. That is so like, Steve. If really? you're if Steve you're to, if you're to put Steve Buscemi up against like 
a normal schlub, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, he's much better looking. What? I mean, if you put Steve Buscemi next to Brad Pitt, you're like, oh, what what an ugly dude. But I mean, if you were to put Steve Buscemi up against like. Okay, Ron Howard's brother. My dad. Ron Howard's brother. Okay, yeah. Ron, Clint, Clint Howard is probably the closest to a real-looking person. <laughs> what, about, yeah. what about Gary Busey? Put oh, Gary Busey. I mean, um, older Gary Busey, yeah, well, you got something there. Yeah, definitely. But Yeah, but Busey, young Busey was, he was, a, he was not a bad-looking dude, especially pre-motorcycle accident. Yeah, I mean, I'd fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I might have to double-team. Um <laughs> So, so, so some God. trailers. So I've I've got to move on so quickly from saying that. Um, <laughs> so some trailers that I've come across this week. Um, sticking with the werewolf theme, there is a trailer for Hunter's Moon, which is a new one from Lionsgate. Don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, no, it's I haven't heard of it. Interesting. You know, I'll send it over to you guys after this, and you can uh, can have a look and probably tweet something out, and cool. then we can yeah. put it down. But but yeah. It, 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 it looks interesting. It might be it's something that's already been done, obviously, as we just spoke about the Howling like two minutes ago. But um, it's a it's a new werewolf flick, and there's there's some stuff going on. So I'll send that over to you. Um, and the boy too. Oh, the boy too. Our pal Brahms. Um, have you seen the boy one? I haven't Either seen the boy one, but I we should probably watch it before the boy two comes out. That'll be a relatively good big release i don't know know anything about this it will will get theatrical yeah definitely yeah i don't know anything about it just watch the boy what i think it's on netflix i'm I'm unsure but but just watch the boy and and tell me what you think about just the trailer of the boy too because there's going to be some uh some some things going on in your head that i want to listen to (laughs) cool all right um a new a new one i have seen that quantum yeah, I have seen that. That's, oh, with, that's with the one with the, the doll. Yeah, with uh, and he's kind of like a little ventriloquist doll or like a doll kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to see spoilers, so I wouldn't say anything about the actual movie. But they take the premise of the boy too, and it seems like they've gone completely different with it. And okay. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's it's one of those things where it, it looks like a money train again. But we, you know, I, I can't say anything that I've not seen yet. So um, the next one, Blood Quantum. Um, I've heard of this one. This has been it's been out for over a year. I think it's done some festival runs and it's done really well. So it's going to get a release this year. Um, a film based on Indian burial grounds. <sighs> which is an, again not another one that we've that we need um but this combines the um the the, the trope of the indian burial ground with another trope of r- zombies so a zombie virus decimates all of earth's population except a tribe community of red crow so wow <laughs> it's a canadian film um but it's it's done quite well at festivals it was um, part of the Fantastic Seven at the Cannes Film Market last year, so it's it's, and I think it's coming to Shudder. So man, that would be a great movie if it was a zombie movie of the undead Native Americans. Yeah, that'd be good. <sighs> and just like have a bunch of zombie Indians getting revenge. Native Americans, First Nation. Sorry, uh, zombie mm. First Nation. 
peoples that uh, take revenge on the uh, colonial. Oh, there colonial. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or modern day. Yeah, yeah. Modern yeah. day. I revenge. think we should, I think we should have a, a side uh, like a sound bite that we we have to press every time we mention a better plot between ourselves and the actual film itself because <laughs> you've just, that is so much better than the actual plot i think that's incredible um i think so, i yeah, come that, up that with so many i think i come up with so many tasteless movie ideas for horror movies that like it, i just some of them are so tasteless that i can't share them but i mean there's is it, just so is many it like opportunities masturbating to 911 or anything like that or um uh, yeah probably on that level so i mean maybe <laughs> i should just get tom six to take to to uh cover some of them cool so bryce is now tom seven and the last one um that i've got on my trailer list is guns akimbo uh daniel Radcliffe and samara weaving who oh, is she um, in we it? i'm sure we yeah we all love her don't we she's she, she's had a 2019 to remember See, I let this um, I let this trailer slip by me. My wife watched it, and she wasn't impressed. Um, she said it looked like not looked like it could be pretty bad. But I I'll reserve my judgment until I actually watch it. I mean, I mean, the the, the way to to sum it up for you would be Daniel Radcliffe. So Harry Potter has guns for hands. That's all it is. Okay. That's all it is. I've seen that so, movie. It's called Tetsuo, I think. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or Tetsuo the Bullet Man. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. that's it, guys. That's everything I've got for the news segment. Hey, let's hear it for Ben Warrington. Thanks, ben. Thank you very much, guys. Expect to hear him back Cheers. here next time for Horror Movie News. Well, maybe not next time because next time is probably going to be Color Out of Space that we're oh, recording right after. Right. This, but... The next time we have Horror Movie News. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. Thank you very much, Ben. No worries, guys. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. And now... So we, that was awesome. Thanks, Ben, for blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just did horror movie news. We did not splice it in at all. Yeah. Hooray. And now, the moment, uh, the moment I've been waiting for, it came from social media. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? I simply am not there. <laughs> That's not true. I'm actually there all the time. I'm looking at Facebook. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at our Patreon. If, if you guys want to talk to us all the time, get on Patreon. We talk to those those motherfuckers like it's going out of style. So uh, anyway, so first in It Came to Social Media, we love to talk to you guys. If you reach out to us, we'll talk about it on the show. We'll talk to you on the, on the, we'll talk to you until you want us to stop and then we'll keep talking. And if you have any questions, send them to us either on twitter or facebook we'll probably answer you but we'll also answer it on the air so if there's anything that you want us to talk about first order of business tara westwood who plays fiona landers and we've man mentioned in a few mentioned in a few previous episodes in the 2020 grudge she plays fiona landers she has agreed to do an interview with us so hooray that's uh that's pretty cool um it's going to be in an upcoming episode uh, i think so we're going to be reviewing color out of space i don't know if we'll 
it'll be in that one. Yeah, I, well, it might I, be I, in I Hansel want, and Gretel. Yeah, I'm I don't want to sure. say definitively when it's going to be, but in an upcoming episode, we'll have our first real, yeah, like real star uh, talent yeah. interview. Yeah. Uh, the, so the only interview we've had before was the guy that was the producer of the In Search of Darkness doc, and I don't even know if that's out yet. It is. I ha- I got it. I got mailed a copy. Oh, and, really? Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago. So check out Tara Westwood at. M.S. Ms. Tara Westwood on Twitter and make sure to follow her and thank her for agreeing to do an interview with us. We yeah. sure do appreciate She's her. also on the Grum and uh, the Grum. She she posts a lot of stuff on the Grum. So <laughs> follow her there as well. Yeah. So our next order of business is uh, Twitter user at X Devil Hound X on Twitter, who I believe also goes by Daywalker on our site, uh, said on our Terrified review, uh, Terrified was an Argentinian horror movie from 2017, I believe, that was awesome. He said, what a hidden gem this movie was. Heard you guys mention this in other episodes and wanted in on the fun. Love it when these nobody titles are more enjoyable than big budget Hollywood stuff. As someone who came out of the womb watching horror flicks, this was a breath of fresh air. Great work, guys. I totally agree. I anytime This is one of the favorite movies uh, that we've reviewed for David. Yeah, this is this is one of these ones where I just went into it kind of just didn't care. You know, I was like, whatever. And then was so surprised at how how impressive it was just in terms of what it set out to do, which is just scare the fucking pants off you. Also, this surprisingly one of the most successful posts on our website. Yeah. Yeah. By like the most traffic. Yeah. By a by a good amount. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. I think it attracts a lot of Spanish speaking uh-huh. or, or, uh, or international traffic to our site. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so thank you, uh, X Devilhound X on Twitter, uh, for reaching out to us. We sure do appreciate, you know, just talking to you. Uh, our buddy Greg from We Shouldn't Be Here YouTube channel just recent re- recently released his first horror short. And goddamn, it's actually pretty legit. I watched it. It's, it's only like 10. 10, 13 minutes, something like that. Uh, I'll link to it in the post on our website, horrormovietalk.com, for this episode. His channel has grown a huge amount in the year uh, since he was on our show. So kudos to him and his new horror short. It's it's pretty good. Like it's, I think he's... How many followers does he got? It? 50K on, yeah. on YouTube. Pretty crazy. We man. just passed 100, so... On uh, on YouTube, on YouTube, yeah, yeah, big deal. So that was a, that was a big news for us because once you pass a hundred followers, you can claim your vanity URL. Yeah. So if you want to go to our YouTube channel, <laughs> go to youtube.com slash horror movie talk. Uh. You can find us. So and then finally, uh, we have Leah S who reached out to us on Facebook and is a fellow SEO person, just like Bryce and to a lesser extent myself. And also horror movie connoisseur. She offered to write a blog for us, and we're always excited when people want to write blogs for us. She said, "Hey, I'm loving the podcast. Thanks for giving horror fans a wonderful podcast that's insightful and enjoyable. I've listened to many, and they are pure cringe. I'm elated to hear all your work in SEO. Uh, that you all work in SEO as myself." She also says, uh, favorite horror movie. We asked her what her favorite horror movie was. That's what, that's kind of our opening yeah. line because it kind of gives us an idea of where to, where to start with you. She says hers is 
I, I know it's cliche, but Halloween. However, that was because I fell, I fell upon it. When renting VHS were a thing, my mother would sit down and force me to watch horror trilogies. It started with The Exorcist. I watched all three on a Sunday morning. I, I don't know who these, who these parents are who start, who f- insist that their kids watch horror movies. My, my mom was like, so like, no, we can't infest your mind with this horrible stuff but my kids are like traumatized when they watch disney movies okay we like an hour ago (laughs) we were upstairs and your oldest daughter who is six or seven something yeah and she She was she was wailing crying because because they had played a song that had a sad ending and she was beside herself the sweetest aaron was like she want aaron wanted to introduce them to puff the magic dragon and she's (laughs) like oh this is this is a nice this is a nice song, you know. I mean, I, we sing in an elementary school, so I mean, this is a song that we'd sing in in elementary school, you know, and this old Peter Paul and Mary song. And Aaron just said, "Oh, I I forgot about the third verse because <laughs> it tells a story of this kid's magical dragon that he had adventures with." And then, let's see, um, this is the third vor- verse. Um, a dragon lives forever, but not so little boys painted wings and giant rings make way for other toys. One gray night. It happened. Jackie paper came no more and puff that mighty dragon. He ceased his fearless roar. His head was bent in sorrow. Green scales fell like rain. Puff no longer went to play along the cherry lane without his lifelong friend. Puff could not be brave. So Puff, that mighty dragon, sadly slipped into his cave. And then the the chorus. So, And then Penny Hansen <laughs> proceeded to wail and cry. You know, as, it's a really, it's as, a really some, sad, as bittersweet someone song. who's super innocent and lovely would do. <laughs> so these parents that show their kids the fucking exorcist. <laughs> yeah, that's... So that's you, you start them out, you wean them off the teat with look crucifix we, masturbation we can't we can't be too hard on these parents because they gave us great people like leah s i yes, I love the the uh assumingly damaged adults that listen to us I, yeah i but it's, it's hard to imagine who, uh, channeling now, channeling Jerry Seinfeld. Who are these people that show their kids these fucking horrific horror movies? What's the deal with horror movies? Yeah, uh, it's interesting to me. I I can't imagine uh, I can't imagine showing showing stuff to my kids, but I'm glad I'm glad they do because I'm sure those are the people like Stephen King who end up doing really great stuff in horror. Yeah. So you know, I, it takes all kinds. And uh, <laughs> and thank you very much, Leah. As we're looking forward to your blog. And with that, that's the show, you well, guys. We, well, actually, we should probably mention our new patrons. Oh, um, yes. My apologies. So we've got. Two new patrons um, this week. For some reason, like we've we've been uh, falling our over ourselves with with new patrons, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, if you guys if you guys choose to become a patron of the show, you you you're, you're we're gonna treat you as as horror movie talk royalty. Basically, we're gonna fawn over you. We're gonna love you. Let me see here. Who who is our latest? 
so we got Craig J and the other one is hold on. So we got Paul M. Yeah. And Craig J. So I'm trying to remember who each who each is. Just a second. So there there's one thing that I that blows my fucking mind. Like I think it's Paul M. Yes. Okay. So Paul M. He joined the podcast, and one of the regular things I ask is like, "Hey, you know, how long you've been listening? You know, what's uh, how did you find us? What's your favorite horror movie?" That's kind of the you know the the intro because it's like I'm curious where they found us, where we're getting like our really loyal listeners that are reaching out to us, especially our patrons, and then like what's their taste. Paul, he joined this week and he said he found us on Reddit, our post about Crawl, crawl yeah. which was last week, this last week's post. Yeah. He joined Patron, Patreon the week he found us. He listened yeah. to one episode and he's like, oh yeah, I'll support these guys. Yeah. We we really appreciate that which very much, Paul. Blows my, I mean, I don't know. The mental block is what what gets me. Like five or six bucks is not a big deal in your monthly budget, right? Really, like right. it shouldn't shouldn't really be a thing. But Especially there's such a mental block with like podcasts and like streaming stuff that it should be free. It should be free, yeah. and it's bad to ask for money because you know you should be legit or like you should <laughs> don't you should, sell out. Yeah, don't sell out or whatever. But it's like, yeah, we put you know ten twenty hours a week yeah. into this podcast. So, anyways, Paul. Thank you so much for for supporting not just us but podcasts in general. He's he's um, patron for several podcasts and he really likes our stuff and likes the casual um, format of the show. Yeah, and then uh, and then Craig uh, had a lot of really great suggestions for us to watch. I'm not much of an Italian uh, horror movie. Um, I, I just haven't watched many. I, I'm working my way through a few right now, but he had a lot of, he, that is his taste and he's from across the pond. He's from over, uh, over in the, the, somewhere in the British Isles. I'm, I, I'm not going to disclose. He's, uh, where. I think his, okay. We're not going to disclose where. No, because what if, what if fans like, you know, like erupt through if the they, streets and like try, try and break down his door. If they find every Craig, Whose right. last name starts with J? Right. Well, I'll I'll say he's from at least his profile says he's from Edinburgh, Scotland. God damn it! Which is fantastic place. I've I've visited there before. They have like one of the coolest castles. My brother said the same thing. He's Edinburgh like, if you're gonna go someplace, so you gotta check out Edinburgh. And or maybe it wasn't my brother. Maybe it was my friend Matt. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going on international travel. Like when you think about castles, you're like. Oh, cool! A castle, and then you go, and it's like, meh, this yeah. is kind of just a building on a hill. Mm-hmm. Edinburgh Castle is exactly what you expect a castle to be. That's cool. It's like really awesome. And it has the, like the dungeon, and the city itself seems like it's laid out in a very labyrinthian and cool way. Yeah, like, it's a all cobblestones all over the place. Scotland's great. So thanks, uh, thanks to Craig. For thanks, Craig. All right, and with that, that's the end of the show. Make sure you guys share this with a friend. Share it on your social media feed, and that increases our reach quite a bit, and we always appreciate it. I will always 
personally f- seek you out, like your stuff, and uh, we we just appreciate anytime you share share the the podcast with friends, family, or uh, just your social media. Also, you know if you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, that goes a long way yeah, in helping the show. We're oh, climbing the charts. Yeah, we I'm, are doing better than our than a lot of our competition. And I'm going to say again, our goal is to get to 200. Like. S- pretty pretty quick like 200 ratings yeah march or april would be nice to get 200 so keep those streaming in if you haven't and you have an apple podcast device please like take two minutes and and leave us a a rating yeah and if you'd like to support the show make sure you head on over to our website horrormovietalk.com click through the green button that says buy stuff on amazon and then just bookmark that and anytime you 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 know have to purchase something from Amazon, kitty litter or um, you know, condoms, uh, massive butt plugs. Anytime you purchase anything on Amazon, just use that that link, and we'll get a little taste of that butt plug. Uh, special thanks mm. to every special thanks to Ben Warrington. Thank you very much, Ben, for uh, for hopping on board and reading our news, and also of course our new new and 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 existing Patreon members. We love you guys, and with that, we'll see you next week. We love you very much. Bye bye. Bye. I was so excited to use you for your body. Right.